Hi, this is Dr. Marcus Schaubacher, and I'm running for District 115 School Board in Lake Forest, and you are listening to The Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to The Lake Forest Podcast, the podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I also live in Lake Forest. We are joined today with a special guest, Dr. Marcus Schaubecker, and he's running for a seat on the District 115 School Board in Lake Forest. Let's shine a light on Marcus Schaubecker so the voters and our listeners could learn more about him. Dr. Schaubecker, could you introduce yourself and give us some background on yourself, please? Hi, Pete. And first of all, thanks so much for having me on here tonight. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. I'm Marcus Schaubacher. I'm a physician by training. I grew up, as you probably can hear, in Germany and was trained there in anesthesia, intensive care, and emergency medicine. Spent about 10 years in clinical practice at a medical university and then went to South Africa for, uh, on a, a humanitarian aid program for the European Union to support the Nelson Mandela post-apartheid government in building up a rural healthcare system in South Africa. And after that, for two years, I was down there and came back to Germany initially and joined industry and spent the next 20 years, how they say so nicely, roles of increasing responsibility in the healthcare industry, <laughs> medical devices and pharmaceuticals. And my focus was really around research and development, clinical research, preclinical research, regulatory affairs, how to get the drugs to the market, how to get the devices to the market, and most importantly, patient safety. And with that, I came to the States in um, 2002. And so I've been here for almost 18 years, for 19 years this year, and initially lived in Pennsylvania, in Allentown, and then moved to Princeton, New Jersey. And from there, I came here with my family in 2011 to join Baxter. And my last role at Baxter was the chief scientific officer and corporate vice president there. About three years ago, I joined a non-for-profit organization, actually in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia to be exact, and that name is um, ECRI. And that's an organization focused on advancing evidence-based and effective healthcare globally. Pretty cool, neat little place. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, doctor. What, is, what a story. So how, how did you find Lake Forest again? Was it because of, of work or... Uh... Yeah, so we, as I told you, um, we came from Princeton, or we lived in Princeton at the time when I got the job offer at Baxter, and we had two kids, uh, or still have two kids, though our boys are in the high school. One is a senior. I can tell you that was an interesting experience, trying to find colleges during the COVID pandemic, doing everything virtual. And then we have a sophomore, Yoshka and and Yoko. They're both uh, avid sports players. They're, they, uh, Yoshka played at uh, both the varsity team for soccer and basketball, and they can't wait to get back to it. Uh, Yokum was in the, in the feeder teams to the varsity teams, and, and they really can't wait to get back. So hopefully, keep fingers crossed, uh, we're getting a bit better there soon. But uh, when we came to Baxter, when Baxter invited us for a look and see trip, we, we had a look around, and we came to Lake Forest, and uh, wow, that's the place. I mean, we just loved it. And we were looking for great schools. And tell you what, Lake Forest is yeah. some of the best schools in the country. So that was certainly an, an added value. 
but we just love the layout of the city. We love the you know easy connectivity to both Milwaukee as well as Chicago. My wife grew up in Copenhagen. She's a she's a Danish citizen. I'm a German citizen. We both now are American citizens, so we uh, naturalized since we came to Chicago. Now boys actually have three passports, so they have a Danish, German, and a U.S. passport. Well, hopefully we'll get to use those passports uh, sometime soon, huh? Oh, that would be good, yeah. <laughs> where, where do you guys like to spend time in Lake Forest? You've been here uh, quite a while. Any particular feature of Lake Forest uh, sticks out for you? Yeah, so we really do like the outdoors, all of us. Um, we, we do uh, quite a bit of gardening at home. Love, of course, Forest Beach, Lake Forest Beach. I mean, that's a prime destination for our boys. And my wife and I love hiking and walking. So for in particular, the Middle Fork Savannah, uh, the open lands is, is a great attraction for us here. So that's what we do when we want to be a little bit more active. But of course, the city itself has so much to offer. The Gordon Center, the library, uh, we love food, you know, going yeah. from the Deer Path Inn Sunday morning brunch. That's one of our favorites to having a quick bite of cheese or the lantern. Uh, yeah. We love the ethnic offerings, you know, being mm -hmm. Italian, pizza places or Francesco's, but also the core bar and an authentic or, you know, just great opportunities here in town. So that's what we like to do when we're here. But, you know, most of the time you really find us either in the gym, cheering on the scouts, the basketball team, on the yeah. soccer pitch when we're cheering on the scouts <laughs> soccer team. So that's where we spend a lot of our time. All right, go scouts. Doctor, how'd you learn about running for the school board? What was the process like? There's a lot of new listeners out there, people that just moved to Lake Forest that maybe want to get more information on how, how could they get on the school board or any of the boards? Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, we've been here for quite a while, 10 years. So you get to know a few people. I uh, knew one of the former presidents of the caucus. Uh, our current friend of ours is in the current caucus. I, with, you know, the COVID as, as many bad things it did to us as a nation and as a community, um, it, for me personally, the one good thing was that I didn't have to travel every week back to Pennsylvania. And we decided as an organization that we going forward were going to have a hybrid model. So I don't need to travel as often. Quite frankly, you know, the, the job is not as demanding as my corporate jobs were. And I just felt it's a good time to give back to the community. I always believe that the most thriving communities are the ones where the citizens take a very active part and contribute to how the community should be run. And, and so I started talking to some members of the caucus and, and they mentioned, you know, the uh, opening in the school board. I had an initial discussion with the caucus from Ward 1. Um, they thought with my background and my experiences, I'm, by the way, I forgot to mention, I'm also um, an associate affiliate professor at the Strict School of Medicine here in Chicago. Um, and, and, you know, growing up in an academic environment, I have a PhD in anesthesia and having taught at at the med school uh, during my clinical years and even in my in, in my time in Africa, one of the key components was, you know, teaching how to fish, not to give fish. Um, so my my lifelong passion for learning, I thought, wow, what a great opportunity to give back to a community who has given so much to us and my family. And when they were talked a little bit more, and I 
I thought I probably have something to offer here to the board um, and particularly for the high school. And, and so that's where I started um, having further discussions and there's quite a bit of process. So you go to two, three formal interviews um, then have to present yourself at the town hall, which this year was a little bit more difficult because you had to, you know, there was nobody there. We had to do it in the Zoom meeting. Um, right. But, um, you know, I think the caucus is running a pretty diligent process to find the best possible candidates for these spots. Didn't it start, uh, you were looking at the library board and then the caucus was looking at, uh, they talked to you for a little bit and they said, hey, you know what, you sound like a better fit for the school board. Is that how it went down? I, I, not exactly. I, I think I was just open to do something. Yeah, right? yeah. I wanted to look some way of how I could contribute. You know, and they, they initially talked to me about the library board, but they, you know, that I, I don't think I have necessarily the, the right experience. I, I think I can contribute more, relate more to a school board. Right, right. And that was the first meeting. You, you met with the caucus for one meeting and then you met with the entire caucus for a second meeting and then you had to do the, the year-end meeting. There was actually one more meeting. There was one more meeting. There was before I, so I first met with my local caucus, the Ward 1 caucus. And yeah. so they then had a bunch of candidates with their supported. That went to the election committee mm -hmm. of the caucus. And then you had to go in front of the entire caucus of 45 people or so. And then you had right, to right. do the year-end meeting. Well, that's a that's a good vetting for you, Doctor. Uh, I'm sure it is. They and they asked really relevant questions. They that wasn't you know, hey, you're a nice guy, we'll give you a pass here. That they they wanted to know what I stand for and why I think I could contribute and what kind of specific experiences I had. And, and so it, it was it was I thought it was a robust process. And then you picked 115 over 67 because your your boys were in the high school, right? Well, that was one reason. The other reason is that given my, you know, my experience in more senior education and my current experience with being, you know, having been in business, for-profit, non-for-profit, public, privately owned, I thought I can contribute more helping to prepare our young men and women to be successful in whatever careers they choose. So rather than their later stage of their school education before they go off to college and um, helping, you know, the school board making the right decision when it comes, for example, to curriculum and how do we prepare those young men and women for all those challenges they have in this fast changing environment. All right. Thank goodness 2020's uh, gone. Now we got 2021. Uh, what, you're on the board. What do you think are going to be the big challenges? Obviously COVID. What else comes to mind for you, doctor? Yeah, so if I get the chance and the privilege to serve our community on the board, number one is certainly, I, and maybe that's resolved by them finding a new superintendent. That's agenda point number one. Number two is how do we get our kids safely back to school? And when I say safely back, I mean safely back for everybody involved. So the kids, of course, the families, the staff, the teachers, but also the community at large, because I think it's not served anybody if we suddenly would have a super spreader event in, in our schools. Now, given what the, what the school boards, both 67 and 115, have done in trying to prepare everybody for this coming back to school, which, by the way, I really have to congratulate them. They, 
they did a lot of work, they did a lot of research, they, they had to deal with totally unknowns. And, and I want to remind everybody, we were a community who brought kids back, at least in a hybrid model, earlier than anybody else. And not, you know, way before Highland Park, way before Stevenson. So uh, let's not forget that the board, uh, together with the staff, the superintendent, you know, Dr. Shala and the, and the, and the teachers, and the support staff really did an amazing job in trying to deal with all these uncertainties. And, and so I, I compliment them. I think um, that was outstanding. But we have to continue to look into this and you know, prepare for what is next. I think this is not going to go away anytime soon, unfortunately. Vaccination is going to happen, yes. Right. But it's not going to have um, the impact we all think it's going to have that quickly. Um, so I think at least for this year, we have to continue to think about how do we keep everybody safe. Yeah, and then beyond these immediate needs we have, we need to look forward. We need to look into the future. Our society, both business, education, personal, has changed forever. We will not go back to what we consider normal in pre-pandemic times. So I think a key role for the school is going to be to prepare these young men and women for this changed environment from a curriculum perspective, from a life skills perspective, college is going to be different. The business world is going to be different. There's going to be new skills required on how you can promote yourself to have a, a successful career. You have to learn how to interact and develop remotely. Um, you know, as a, as a business leader, we have onboarded like 50 people virtually in the last year. Now that was a totally new experience for everybody. And it is going to be new skills, which we have to teach this young men and women to prepare them for this changed world. And I think that is gonna be one of the key challenges. This, the next one is you know, fiduciary responsibility. We need to look for ways on how we can use the valuable tax dollars of every citizens here in, in Lake Forest to the best effect. And how do we do this? How do we get the most efficient and effective process so we can deploy those monies so that they have the most impact? And lastly, I think there is somewhat, and we just heard it today in the news, you know, there's a strike in Chicago looming between the teachers union and the, and the city we have to go back and rebuild our relationship with our teachers. They're an instrumental part of the success of our school. And we need to listen to them. We need to be understanding, but we also need to make clear what our young men and women need to be successful going forward. But I think through constructive dialogue to actively listening and then to coming to a solution which is acceptable to all, that is possible. Tell us about your company, ECRI. What what does the acronym stand for? And you deal a lot uh, with healthcare and dealing with COVID. I think that would be pretty good experience for the uh, board. Could you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So ECRI is an acronym which we actually not use anymore because the organization is fifty years old. It's a non for profit organization which was founded by another physician. Um, Dr. Joel Noble, and it stands for Emergency Care Research Institute. And it started off with initially, Dr. Noble had a very uh, harrowing experience by 
not being able to resuscitate a nine-year-old boy because one of the medical equipment he used, the defibrillator, didn't work 50 years ago, 50 plus years. Mm -hmm. So he started to really evaluate medical technology and independently examine it and uh, publish reports about the functionality and human factors, safety, and so on. And from there, it developed. Today, ECRI, as I mentioned, ECRI's mission is to advance evidence-based and effective healthcare globally. We have offices in London, in Kuala Lumpur, and in, in Dubai, and in, in Plymouth Meeting in Pennsylvania. We have our own independent labs. We're uh, the only uh, truly independent lab for evaluation of medical technology. And we publish reports about this. We evaluate clinical evidence for its relevance, and we are the largest patient safety organization in the country. Particularly in regards to COVID, we're a member-based organization, so we don't have a you know, big endowment. We need to earn every penny we spend. We're about 500 people in the organization, mainly uh, PhD scientists, physician engineers, nurses, other clinicians. And usually those services are you know, for our members. But when COVID came along already in February, we implemented a COVID outbreak resource center, which had information available for healthcare providers, you know, the guys and the, the ladies and gentlemen in the front lines who are fighting this virus every single day. And we were focusing on best practices, on what we knew about the coronavirus, on uh, evaluating uh, PPE, uh, personal protective equipment, ventilators, what best practices could be used to stretch supplies, uh, helped finding supplies and getting supplies to the healthcare workers. And we have, you know, followed the vaccination development very closely. We opined on the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. So we're trying to give guidance in a very unsecure environment. And our members have thanked us for that tremendously. So it's a, it's a great organization, which is helping to keep, keep patients safe out there when they're in the healthcare system. So your past experience, what do you think is the top couple skills that you can bring to the school board? The, the voters want to know what, what else can you add based on what you've done in the past? How would you respond to that? Well, so number one, I'm listening and I'm trying to come to the best possible solution. After you looked at the facts, heard the opinions, evaluated what is in front of you, and then make the best possible decision at the time when you have the information available. Sometimes you're going to fail, and then it's important to recognize that and course correct and go forward. I think what I can bring to the table is a strategic thinking capability, understanding and being able to operate in complex environments, deciphering the noise from the facts, and then make decisions based on the facts and then execute those decisions. Now, the board's responsibility is not to run the school. The board's responsibility is to set the framework in which then the superintendent, Dr. Chala, and uh, other heads of the schools, you know, in the other districts, which we are, of course, not responsible for, but that's what we do. We do not run the schools. That's not our job. So that's number one, strategic thinking, decision-making, execution, supervision, building teams, helping the new superintendent, Dr. Chala, to develop their teams, get the right people on board, and face the new challenges we have in this post-pandemic world. That is a big part of what I'm doing today. Thirdly is certainly the, the, the medical expertise. This pandemic is going to stay with us for a while. 
And I think it's, you know, going to be beneficial to the community, not just the school, but to have people uh, like Dr. Benson, like myself, who have a medical background, who can evaluate the, the facts as they're presented, understand the clinical research, and then help the board to make the right decisions. I think, and then lastly, the fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility. I can tell you, as someone who runs a non-for-profit organization, our operating budget is about $70 million. We get scrutinized. I scrutinize every single dollar we spend because it's, I feel it's not ours. As a, non, as a public non-for-profit, it's the public's money. And same here. You know, it's the taxpayer's money. And our role at the board is going to be to use that money as responsible and as diligently as we can. Doctor, the last time we talked was over the summer. I think we were in Market Square. We we're sitting around chatting and I looked over at your car and it's an electric car and it had an EL plate number of like 2,500. And if you have an electric car, for the people that don't know, I think they go up to 25, 30,000 now. That means you're an early adopter of technology. Have you always been an early adopter, even going back to Germany? Let me put it this way. I, I'm sometimes early adopter has a negative connotation to it. I think I like to try things, okay? Yeah. And particularly when I think they make a meaningful difference. As I said to you earlier, this is something, you know, you go with the information you have, you go forward. And when it um, works, that's great. If not, you, you stop, you reset, and you go in a different direction. Now, in regards to the Tesla, I can tell you this is the most fun car I've ever driven. So um, it's a great thing to be ecologically responsible. But right. I tell you, this car is just fun to drive. On a, a little bit more serious note, I, I think particularly when it comes to the school board, it is really important. And I think my well, my 20 years in industry where I was the head of research and development for 20 years has really prepared me to look and seek better solutions, improve the way we do things. And I think for the school board, that is a that is a skill set uh, I can bring, and it's not change for the sake of change. It is change if and when it improves something which is improvable. Things. One of my other mantras is don't fix things which are not broken. And you know, there's quite a few things in our school system and in our school which are fantastic. So we don't need to fix everything. But there's, I think, there's room for opportunities. And with a disciplined process, you can make that happen. And, and that's what I think is, is one of the things I can contribute. Well, isn't that what they say about technology? It's to improve a process. And if you don't have a good process in place, you're speeding up nothing. So it's always good right. to have that process going. Doctor, what a, what a great time. Anything that I miss? Anything you'd like to add to the moms and dads out there that are going to hear, hear from you and then come April, you know, cast their votes? Yeah. So first of all, thank you. I, I always enjoy being able to talk why I want to do things and, and there's no difference here. I think to the moms and dads out there, my you know, fellow citizens, the most important thing you get from me is what you see. There's no hidden agenda. I am who I am. I don't have a political agenda. I want to do the best possible job for the city of Lake Forest, for our community, community first. That's that's what you know we stand for. That's what I stand for. And I will 
I will seek as much input as I can get. I do not come with preconceived notions. I do not come with a formed opinion. I I have my thoughts, but I'm going to listen to all involved. I'm going to listen to the teachers. I'm going to listen to the staff. I'm going to listen to the superintendent, to the headmaster. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to the students. I think it is important for us as board members to meet with students, to meet with parents, to meet with the teachers, to spend time in the school, see how it works. That's what I've always done. When you know I took a new position, I went down in the lab, spent days in the lab. I went to the call center, spent days in the call center. I meet with our clients, with our customers, I meet with patients. Only then you can get a comprehensive understanding of what's going on and form your opinions and, and direct um, the strategy and the decisions. So that, that's what I am, no hidden agenda. I'm, I'm outspoken, I take a position, and most of all, I'm passionate. So I thought quite a bit if I would wanna do this because I, if I do it, I wanna give it my all. And I can guarantee you, you get me 100%, 110%. So I hope I uh, have answered some of your questions, Pete. And, and then uh, some. And that, that the citizens of uh, Lake Forest feel confident that I can represent them adequately at the school board. And if they have any questions, I'm more than happy to give them my email um, so you can they can reach out to me and, and start the dialogue. Impressive, doctor, impressive. Wow, what a great time. Again, thanks for uh, listening to the Lake Forest podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and connect with us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear about on the upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete, and I can be reached at Pete at lakeforestil.blog. The link will be at the bottom of the podcast in the notes below. Cue that scout marching band. <laughs> <laughs>